0: Now we've been in the middle of a series and we still are in the middle of a series looking at the seven signs in John's gospel. We're actually having a walk through John's gospel but we're getting, today marks the, at the beginning we're going to have a little break from looking at the seven signs. We've had the first four signs and, and last week Kerry brought us a message on, on the fourth sign which is the feeding of the 5,000 and that, that fantastic and thank you very much Kerry for, for doing that. That's wonderful and it's, And and what we're going to do is this passage that we're going to be looking at today actually follows on from there. So it's a really wonderful break, um, but it's a break that we've been very purposeful doing because we want to look at the seven statements that Jesus makes about himself and they are called the I am statements. Jesus makes these statements, seven different ones in John's Gospel, and says, I am... And today we're going to be looking at the bread of life. And we want to use these seven ones to look at who Jesus claims he is, the seven statements, I am statements he has, leading up to Easter. Believe it or not, we only have seven weeks before Easter. Isn't that scary? It comes around so quickly, but it's an amazing thing. So... Um, So let's just recap what we did last week. Feeding the 5,000. It's one of the the signs, one of the miracles in John's Gospel. And um, matter of fact, it's the only miracle, the only sign that exists across all four Gospels. So it's of importance. And we we looked at it and, and about how Jesus was able to feed all those people. And this week's reading flows on from that. You know, you actually have um, the disciples in the evening after the feeding of those five thousand. They decided to cross the lake. Jesus withdraws himself and then then crosses back over to be with the disciples on the other side of the lake. And our reading this morning picks up from that. And I just want to share with you these readings. And it it actually comes from John chapter six, verses twenty-five. And we're going to read all the way up to verse 36. So I'm just going to do that. And we're just going to put it up on the screen for you so you've got that as well. So here we go. So John 6, verse 25 through to 36. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you you're looking... For me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed the seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The works of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, and he gave them bread from heaven to eat, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who had given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you you have seen me and still you do not believe. So this is the passage, this is the reading that we're going to be really focusing on today. Um, and, And you'll notice that it is about I am the bread of life. The statement that Jesus makes about himself that I am the bread of life. And And we really can look at this as a gift that Jesus has given. And I want to focus on the three different aspects of this gift that Jesus gives us. The first of all is that gift is offered. Okay, the gift is offered. And you can see this, and let's just go back over it. The gift is offered. It's offered, and in, in, you'll see it in verse 26 and 27. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, but not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but food that endures to eternal life. That is the gift that Jesus is talking about. The gift of eternal life. I am the bread of life. The gift of eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, that is in which Jesus will give you. For on him God the Father has placed the seal of his approval. What Jesus is saying here is don't just seek after food that spoils, don't just seek after the, the temporary fix, but really seek after what is going to lead to eternal life, what is everlasting. It is That is the gift that has been given. We need to understand that the I am statements that Jesus makes represents the, uh, the particular relationship of Jesus to our own spiritual needs. In every I am statement, what Jesus does is reveal another aspect of himself, of his love and his care for us that we need. And today... He's revealing for us in this scripture passage here, the bread that satisfies and gives eternal life. Jesus is saying here that what bread is to the stomach, he is to the soul. So what bread is to the stomach, he is to the soul. Now, not many of us actually understand or know what it's like to go without, we, we, we think about having bread and where do we think we get bread from? 7-Eleven, Woolworths, IGA, Coles, down the local store, the bakers. You know, we, we actually give bread out on a, on, a, on a Wednesday and on Sunday as well from the leftovers that uh, the, the bakeries that we, we work with have. There is an abundance of bread. You know, we, we don't go without. But I want you to get your mind into a different framework because when Jesus is talking about this and in the time that we're talking about, of the feeding of the 5,000, you know, if you didn't have your daily bread, things that were given to you daily, it would rot and go off. We, we've got this wonderful thing called refrigeration and, and looking after food the way that we have. We, we actually pump it full of chemicals now to preserve it but back in the time, back in Jesus' time, that wouldn't have been the case. So to fed the 5,000 and then for them to come seeking him to see whether he's gonna feed them some more is actually really important because they're seeking food, they're seeking sustenance, they're wanting things. We, I think we miss in our modern understanding the significance of what that actually is. And this reminds me of a story that I, that I heard and it comes from World War II, the end of World War II, as it's drawing close to the end. And see so what had happened is the Allied troops had been going through um, Europe and liberating um, uh, towns and cities. And what they found was that they would be coming across orphans, kids that had lost their parents, either taken away or killed. And so what they did is they gathered these orphans up and they put them into camps where they could care for them. And they would feed them, and they would give them lots of food. And they cared for them extremely well. But what they found is those kids were very restless. They, they, matter of fact, they hardly slept at all. They, they, they were so worked up and anxious about things that they just didn't sleep well. And so what the allies did is that they, they invited uh, some psychologists to come to the camp to try and help these kids and in in, through their conversations and talking with them, they actually came up with a suggestion. They actually gave each child a piece of bread at night before bedtime, not for them to eat, but for them to hold. And they held the bread and they fell asleep because they were reassured they were going to get something to eat the next day. And see, that's the important thing that we kind of need, that we miss ourselves in all of this, is when we read this, we think, oh, bread, corner shop, go and get it, not a problem. But you're having, you're having people here that are not necessarily assured that they're going to get something the next day. And so they're seeking sustenance, daily sustenance from Jesus. And I think this is so important for us to realise that it's about having the surety of daily sustenance And that is, this is so important. So when they come here and they receive not just a gift of bread, but Jesus talks about giving the gift of eternal life, which is an even greater gift, they then make a couple of different responses to this eternal gift. But before we go and do that, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever given a gift to somebody and they didn't really want it. Yep, there's a, there's a, you, you, you've thought long and hard about it. It's really important that they, they want it and, and and so important for, you know, and you, you may have even put a lot of time and energy and money and effort into this. But they had their heart set on something else and they wanted something else and you gave them something different. This is very much the same. When Jesus is giving this gift... He's giving it to the people. They wanted something else, but they got a gift they didn't even deserve. But they got it nevertheless. And so this brings us to the point of of how the crowd then reacts to the gift that is given. The gift that is given is eternal life. And how does the crowd react? Well, the crowd questions the gift. And they do it in two different distinct ways. The first reaction that they have is how much? Okay, what's the cost of this gift? Let me show you. We, we, we jump into, into the scripture yet again and we have look at verses, Ch- John chapter 9, verses 28 and 29. And let's look at it. And then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? There's the question. What is the cost? What am I going to have to do? in order to get this eternal life, this gift that you are giving. Jesus answered, the works of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So that's it, just to believe. It's so important. But see, the thing is, when we look at this, when we look at what the crowd question what must we do to do the works that god requires for us every church has a different way of approaching scripture whether it's charismatic or conservative or evangelical or or, or whatever different way we, we approach it differently but there are two things that come up time and time again and how we deal with things legalistically So we deal with legalism or we deal with it with sensationalism. We want the sensational thing. What we have here when the crowd questions Jesus is a classic example of legalism. Giving you a gift, what must I do in order to get this gift? A legalistic question. And we need to realise that this is not an uncommon thing and we shouldn't be down on these people for asking the question, what must we do? Because they've had years and years of practice of going, well, what must I do in order to gain God's favour? What must I do in order to under, you know, get the, the blessing that God is giving? What is, the, what is the sacrifice? What is the thing I must do? We do it as well. How many times has somebody you know, come up to you and said, I want to give you a gift and you go, well, you stop and you're going, i want to give you this. What's the catch? You know, we, we, our family was only up at the, um, the, the theme parks and at, just after Christmas this year. And we were taken, you know, weren't taken for a ride, but, well, we were on a ride and we were doing those things, you know, loop-the-loops, those kind of things. But that's very funny. I didn't think you about that. Bad. But, no, we weren't ripped off at all. But we were at one of the theme parks and... We were approached by um, a group that had set up in there and they'd obviously been allowed to come in and set up in the theme park. And they said, we, um, we've got some things for you to scratch. You, know, it, it, you may win something. And you know, They gave it to the kids and gave it to us and they scratched it. And, and lo and behold, um, you know, up comes three stars on one of the scratchy things and said, oh, you've won the major prize. Come over here, I want to talk to you about it. Suddenly, you know what happens? Your brain's going, what is the catch? isn't it, you know, automatically what do we do? What is the catch? And the catch is, and you know, and we, we got it, the catch is, oh, you've won the major prize, but we want you to come and spend an hour, two hours, three hours with us while we take you through this timeshare opportunity that we have here in Service Paradise because we want to get your money. We'll give you a gift, an incentive to come and get you to come there. There is a catch. And so, believe it or not, we have so many instances of having a catch on things. But what is the catch that is here? What is the work that we must do? Jesus gives the answer here. The work of God is this. What, what must we do? To believe in the one he has sent. Who is that? That is Jesus Christ, to believe in In Jesus Christ. You know, we cannot make God love us any more than what he already loves us at the moment. doesn't matter what we do. God loves us completely, 100%. And you can't make him do any more by doing other things. So what do we need to do? We need to believe in Jesus Christ. That's our response. The second reaction that the crowd had was this. To Jesus' gift of eternal life, he was telling them. The second reaction was, okay, well, now you've told it, now prove it. Prove it. So let's just go to scripture and hear what it says. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see and believe you? Okay, so we've asked, What must we do? Well, you've got to believe in the one God has sent me and then well what's the sign? What, what are you going to do? What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe it? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it was written and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Notice that? He's going with our ancestors had a sign that God was there with them and it was manna from heaven. You know, you've got to realise that these people were the same people who had just come around the lake, found Jesus, were looking for Jesus, who had just been fed the day before. It's the same people. So you've got this whole thing about, about bread. Bread of heaven. And this is where it is. We've moved from legalism, into sensationalism. In other words, what sensational thing are you going to do so we can believe who you are? It actually really comes back basically to the whole kind of crux of what a lot of people say about Christianity at all. Well, I want God you to prove me. Show me a miracle. Show me now. Prove it to me. Give the sensational thing. It's okay to want a miracle it's okay to want to see the experience of power but see the thing is the greatest miracle that jesus will ever perform is the miracle that happens when people are saved saved through the power of jesus christ and saved through what he did at easter so here we have it what is it that jesus then declares Here is the I am statement. Here is what Jesus declares about himself. Then Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Such a fantastic statement. He declaims that he is the one that is going to give you sustenance. He is the one that is going to give you eternal life. He is the one. A massive, big claim, a massive, big gift that Jesus is giving. So we've said, first the gift is offered, then what happens? Then the gift is questioned in two different ways. And then if we read further in, we realise that what happens is the gift is then rejected. We actually have a choice about gifts. We either can accept the gift or we can reject the gift. They're basically there are two options we either accept something that somebody's given to you or you reject it outright. Let me show you that the crowd and also Jesus followers his disciples, the people who are following around did the rejecting as well we're just going to jump into um, John chapter 6 verses 41 and 42 and're just going to look at that and this is the crowd's response. To Jesus' claim that he is the bread of life. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. So you notice that they're getting upset over his claim of who he is. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? So they, they wanted to see for themselves that, well, I actually they wanted to see him come down in a chariot of fire or whatever it might be. They wanted a sensational thing for them. They couldn't get past the, uh, the miraculous birth. They couldn't get past that he grew up with them. They just saw the reality there and rejected Jesus' claim and rejected who he was. So we have a choice. Do we, do we want to see the sensational all the time? And even when the sensational is there, are we willing to see it or are we just going to reject it? And then if we move on further into scripture, we'll actually find that not only does the crowd reject him there, but also his followers, those who have been following him, reject him. So here we go. We're going to jump a little bit further into verse 60 of chapter 6. And it says, On hearing it, many of his disciples, notice who it was, it wasn't just the, just the crowd, but many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? What if you see him rise up? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and of life. Yet, there are some of you who do not believe for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He, he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And from this time many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. See, here's the thing. Both the crowds and the disciples. One that They couldn't get past the physical part and understanding who Jesus was. The other one felt that maybe what Jesus is asking them to do is just too much. And what did Jesus ask them to do? To believe in the one who'd been sent, to believe in him. And they felt that was too much. The choice about the gift of life, about who Jesus is and what he has given, comes to us. And we have one or two responses. We either accept it, this gift of eternal life from Jesus, or we reject it. Because the price has already been paid, the gift has already been given. Jesus Christ has come into the world. He has lived, he has taught, he has died. He has risen again from the grave and he's ascended up to God. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit as well. But what do we do now with the gift that Jesus gives us? Do we accept it or do we reject it? And that is what we are asking ourselves today. Think of it this way. If there are 100 steps to get to God, to get to God, there are 100 steps. Jesus has taken 99 of those steps already for you. It's that one last step that is up to you. And the question is, will you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? Will you accept it or reject the offer that Jesus gives you? So let's just pray. Oh, gracious, loving God, we give you thanks today. We give you thanks because we can hear from Scripture. We can hear the claim that Jesus makes about Himself. He claims that He is the bread of life. That whoever comes to Jesus will never go hungry. Whoever believes in Jesus will never be thirsty. Lord, help us to never be hungry for you, never be thirsty for you, but always be filled with your love, your care, that we may have eternal life, salvation. In the name of Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.